Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Squad Podcast and this is the first episode of the new season and we're joined by Matty T. How are we? I'm fantastic, man. It's good. Oh, mate, I can yeah. imagine because you literally just bought Lana Del Rey tickets. Mate, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. No, oh, I can, I can only imagine, mate, because I know that's your hero. <laughs> nah, that's my, my celebrity crush. <laughs> what a way to start the new season, eh? And we're also joined by Tony Welsh. Tony, how are we? Ah, good, mate. Ah, no bad. Ah, good. So, Tony, right, we've got no time to waste, big man. We've got no time to waste, right? So, we've got a lot to get into. So, let's just get right into it. So, Tony, let's talk about the big news, eh, considering what happened today. Kieran Tierney is no longer a Celtic player. He moved to Arsenal for £25 million. Pounds. What's your thoughts? Gutted. Gutted. Pretend I'm not. I can imagine, but it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but uh, are we going to spend it on anything other than <laughs> disco lights? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or line, lining Pierre Lovell's pockets? <laughs> Aye, exactly. I was actually texting my pal earlier on the day about this, right? And then I said to him, here, any money, right? See the 25 million, that'll probably go to the like the board members' like bonus pack at the end of the season, guaranteed, because you know what Pierre Lovell was like. I do, I, unfortunately. So, obviously, I've, I can understand why Celtic fans are upset, but the majority are obviously like, they're wishing the guy well. He's, he was a great servant to Celtic, done a lot for the club. He was a phenomenal player. He's still young and obviously had to go down south to really test his potential and become that elite-level player that I think we all know he can be. But there is a small element of the Celtic support that are saying all sorts about him, calling him a traitor, saying he, he's a rat and all this and that, and he's, they're saying that his legacy's tarnished. Tony, would you say that? No? No, definitely not. He's Kieran Tierney won everything he could have possibly could at Celtic, and I don't think you can really blame him in a lot of ways for not turning down that uh, money that he's been offered at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think a lot of Celtic fans' problem with it is the fact that he's leaving before if Celtic were to win 10 in a row. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Because I do recall he did say, sorry to interrupt Tony, but I do recall that he did say that he would, we would love to stay for 10, he would love to be a, a one-club man, so to speak, but what were you going to say there? Well, at the end of the day, I think in his heart he probably would like to be a one-club man, but at the end of the day, he's he struggled over the years with a few injuries from my young age, and say he plays for Celtic another season, gets a career-ending injury, then he's missed his chance, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So... Um, obviously um, as you said Tony it's a lot of money to turn down it's for Celtic and for Kieran Tierney and obviously he's young and Arsenal are a massive club and the EPL is the best league in the world so it's very difficult to turn it down and as Matt said just say he gets a big big injury right then that's him a big club like Arsenal might not come in for him so it's either like now or never quite similar to Brendan Rodgers when Leicester came in for him it was now or never and he had to go Celtic, I think Kieran Tierney at least has left Celtic, you know, 
with head held high a bit. Whereas Rogers, it still does come across as a jump chip, and I'm still adamant that's how it was. But I think to call Kieran Tierney a rat and put him in the same category as Rogers, I just don't agree with it at all. No, I mean it's not like it's like Tierney. Obviously, he's a young player. Like you said he's had an amazing. He's for such a young player, he's had an amazing career. Like, trophies won, the players would only dream to win that in their career so far, and. This is, I was always, there's always this wee argument as well, maybe, I don't think he really cares about it, there's always this argument between Robertson and Tierney, now Tierney can finally go down safe to prove people that he isn't just as good as Robertson, if not better, so there's always that to prove as well, and I think also, people saying, oh he's not staying for 10 rounds, obviously I would still pit Celtic as favourites for the title this season, right? I'm not going to lie, but there's no guarantee they're going to win it, there's no guarantee of this 10 rounds, so he might lose a title this season and not get a 10 euro unless he's tries to go down south so I think he's made the correct decision here and Celtic done it well as well they didn't like they said they didn't need the money but they Tierney wanted to go and like right okay if the decent offer comes in you can go and that's also what's happened the only thing that I'm kind of disappointed with in terms of other than him leaving of course is just the timing of it you know there's been this speculation over the full summer When's he going? Is he going? Is he staying? And of course, it's like the final day of the like English transfer window, and he goes. Which obviously it's open a bit longer for us. But I still, if he was going, I wish he'd left a bit sooner, so you could have maybe a bit more time to prepare for maybe get a few other bodies in. But it's always the way it is with us, unfortunately, with transfers. So, always yeah. the same. So Tony, who would you want to get in to replace Kieran Tierney? Obviously, it's a huge void to fill. Um, and obviously you will have a lot of money to spend. That's if Lawwell gives it to Neil, gives it to Neil Lennon. So who would you ideally like to get in? Because obviously they're not going to be as good as Tierney, but you obviously need to get someone in for that position. Well, I know uh, Greg Taylor's been linked, but, and I think he's a decent player, but I would rather have the Rosenberg left back. I can't remember his name, but every time we've played against Rosenberg in the qualifiers, he's always been brilliant. And I know a lot of Celtic fans kind of rate him highly and wouldn't mind him. Um, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. But he's a young Norwegian boy. Comes across a pretty decent left-back, so I would take him. Um, would you take Max Lowe uh, from Derby? I can see, obviously, he was on loan at Aberdeen last season and he was he had a great season, so he did. Like Defensively, he's good. Going forward, he's solid as well. So I think he won't even cost a whole lot. So I think he's worth a punt, if I'm being honest. Because he was the best left back well, in the country last season based on form. Because I know Tierney was injured for quite a bit. So, just like based on form, I would say Max Lowe was the best left back in Scotland last season. Because he obviously played more than Tierney. To be honest, mate, I've never really considered Max Lowe. But if he did have a good season, then I, I don't know. At the same time, I just think it's maybe a bit too much of a gamble to, place, to take somebody like Max Lowe. That, that's fair enough that's fair enough um, Matt who do you think Celtic should get in to replace Kieran Tierney I think um, that Rosenberg boy Tony mentioned is a shout um, but I think if you want to play it safe I think Taylor or Lowe would be good options but they've also like, people forget they've also got that Andrew Guffman they brought in in January the American boy we had in trial and he seems to be forgotten and he was like one of the he was actually better rated than Polster at the time so I should maybe give him a chance and also just what that ball was in Bolognoli or something Bolognoli yeah. yeah so you've got him so there, there are options there but if you are wanting to go for a safer option I would if I was Celtic I'd go for Lower or Taylor um, I think 
Tail would be the easier one to get across the line, but um, I, I honestly don't see Celtic back anyone, if I'm being honest. Because I think the window does shut at the end of the month, so there is still a bit of time, yeah. but... Second September, right? Mm-hmm. It's not long, it's not a long way away, so... Yeah. If they are going to get somebody else in, they do need to really start getting business done pretty soon. Yeah, you're totally right, Tony. You're absolutely right. So, overall, Tony, are you happy with Celtic's business? For the most part, I I don't think it's been the worst transfer window. Um, they've at least brought in a few players and they've got a right-back, which we've been screaming for years to get a good right-back in. Our, and obviously, is it El Hamid? He's only had a couple of games, but he looks pretty decent so far, so much better than what Lustig was offering us, so I definitely think that's a start. Mm-hmm. Just w- whether he can remain consistent and can I remain injury-free, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how did you uh, feel about Lustig going, right, Cole? Definitely. Time was up. I like Lustig. I respect him for what he's done for Celtic over the years, but at the end of the day, when your legs go, you know, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't see... I Apparently... He didn't leave in all the best of terms because apparently he wanted a two-year deal but Celtic were only willing to offer him a one-year deal and obviously he was not going to play as much. So apparently he did take the off and was like, nah, that's out of my way. That's fair enough. You know, I, I think Celtic made the right decision there because they, they obviously realised himself he's done. You know, he's, he's not going to like, give us what he once did. So at the end of the day, he has to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but obviously going back to uh, oh sorry, to, uh, my uh, do you want to say something? But yeah, no, that was the same. No. All right, okay. So we obviously just going back to Celtic's business. Um, Celtic have obviously uh, uh, Christopher uh, Julian sent a half seven point uh, two million. Um, obviously you have high hopes about him, Tony. Yeah, uh, again, he's not really been playing an awful lot yet. I think he's still been trying to get his fitness up to speed, but. Seems like a decent player, you know, I think he, he definitely has a look of a good player, but whether he is or not, we'll soon find out. Yeah, and obviously, ball goalie, um, he played well against Johnson, and obviously against Kluge, he was an absolute horror show. Aye, he didn't have a good game at all. I, I felt a bit bad for him right enough, because it was obviously, it was a big game for him, he was kind of, he's still trying to find his feet at a new club, get used to his teammates, but... Ah, he was the worst player on the park by far yesterday. Yeah, so any more players, obviously, I left back in. Um, obviously, we spoke about this in the chat the other night about um, the, the boy playing right back who's never actually played, like El, uh, El Hamid, right? He's never played right back in his whole life, right? And obviously, it says that he has a centre half, but according to you, he put, he put in a good shift in that position. So that's the thing. Are you comfortable with him playing there? the rest of the season or would you just want to get another right back in who's like proving that def- position we definitely need another right back in even yeah, if yeah. backup like cause he's our only like right back or centre back whatever you want to call him right now he is the only player willing to play in that position so we definitely need another player that is a solid right back mm-hmm. and obviously you signed this young boy called uh, Luca Cono I think he just won for the future you got him in a free yep. transfer uh, from Bolton so 18 years old um, obviously, I think he'll be loaned out quite soon, actually. Yeah, I reckon he'll be a loan player. Um, seems alright. Again, I've not really saw an awful lot with the guy, but I've, 
from what I've heard, he seems like he's a pretty decent player. So hopefully, he can break into the team at some point. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, no. oh, sorry, Matt, it's <laughs> on you go. No, I was just gonna say because I, I was watching this channel on YouTube. Um, they're Bolton fans, for enough. They're doing like videos in Scottish football. So by chance, they're Bolton fans. They're talking about how um, this O'Connor went to Celtic, and they says he is really, really high related down there, and they're absolutely got he left. But they're they're saying he's going to have a massive future. So I think that's a absolute. Uh, coup for Celtic to get him because I think a lot of big clubs are looking at him they managed to get him over the line yeah uh, Tony uh, I um, I hadn't really heard an awful lot about him before he signed for Celtic um, you know what it's like with transfer window there's some players you get in who you're kind of never really thought of him never really considered him and yeah you kind of, you're, you're stuck with him in the end and you've kind of got to try and find the ways of Giving them your support. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, the guy's never done anything wrong as far as I saw anything major that I can comment on, but hopefully yeah. he turns out a good player. And so, obviously, speaking about the game last uh, last night against Kluge, um overall, Tony, what did you make of it? Was it? Were you satisfied with it? I thought it was a decent performance. I think we should have won the game. We definitely created more chances. Um, there's a few players. Well, Ball and goalie, of course, didn't have a good game, and Lewis Morgan didn't have a good game. But I thought the majority of the team actually did play pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we should have won the game. I think we created good few chances that we should have buried. Edwards had a few chances; he was unlucky. Metinoff keeper made a few good saves, but I, I think overall, I was pretty satisfied with the performance. Were you um, obviously we obviously getting away goal is crucial. That's massive, right? And then obviously take that back to Parkhead. All you need to do is maybe get one or two goals or just like keep it at that scoreline that's just through to the playoffs. Which is, for Celtic's point of view, Champions League money is crucial. Even though you've got 25 million in, you need Champions League, I think, for Celtic is massive. Like to get all, it doesn't matter if you make the last 16 or whatever, it's just making Champions League so you can get that money. That's it, that's what it's for. That's good. So obviously, Tony, uh, at the weekend there, what a way to start the, the SPFL campaign. Uh, 7-0 went over St Johnston Celtic were superb from start to finish absolutely battered St Johnston ruthless St Johnston were toothless <laughs> I like that that wee rhyme there so I um, obviously Tony what did you make of it like, you're obviously over the moon with that no no better way to start the campaign uh, brilliant you know couldn't they ask for any more than that uh, to be honest it took me by a bit of surprise I thought we'd definitely win the game but just not maybe in that manner but I absolutely delighted with the performance overall. I think passed the ball well, created many chances, and even after we scored like one goal, it was just continuous press and putting them on the back foot, which I like to see. I don't like sitting back and letting them come back into the game. I like to just go for the kill, and they've done that, and it's the first time in a long time I think Celtic have done that. So it was good to see. So Matt, obviously, tw- like twenty plus shots Celtic had. Uh, St Johnston, like they were, like they were all over the place. Uh, an absolute shambolic start to the campaign. Um, Tommy Wright, he's got a lot of work to do, doesn't he? He does. I mean, St Johnston were. I mean, they weren't. I mean, the self defending was awful. And I think it was uh, Christie's second goal where the keeper just went right through the keeper. Um, absolutely awful goalkeeping. And Tommy Wright said after the game, he needs just more on a striker. Well. <laughs> excuse the excuse the French, but no shit, Sherlock. I mean, it was a absolutely symbolic display. But you need to give credit to Celtic; they they done their job. Uh, first game of the season at home, 
They absolutely tore St Johnson apart and Christy, he is he's just going for strength of strength. Like I think those Aberdeen loan spells really done him well because he's came back to safety on fire and he started the season the way he ended last season. And those two strikes, the first one and the third one, I mean, you've got to give praise for this due. I mean, that, they were absolutely fantastic and pretty much everyone you'd expect to score did score like Edward and Griffiths and um, aside from St Johnson being so poor, I thought Celtic done their job to perfection. And also, I want to say this to you, uh, Matt, St Johnston, they need a striker, they desperately need a striker because obviously they, they lost Tony Watt, right? They've lost Tony Watt and they failed to get Stevie May because they really wanted to get Stevie May back in the club. Failed to do so. I think he'll be staying put Aberdeen. What are they going to do? They desperately need a striker and for me, losing Tony Watt, that's a blow. That is a massive blow. But I've got a name for you. Go. Joe Dodo. That's a shout, yeah. That's a fair shout. I mean, he's proven, he's, he's not proven the Scott, but he's done, he's sitting off the Rangers at times, but I think St. Johnson could be his level in Scotland and I think he potentially do well for them. He gets him off a wage bill, maybe not entirely, maybe like 60-40 spot or something like that. Um, I think that would be a, a very good match. It's, you see, as it stands right now, to, uh, sorry, uh, Matt, the way it's going right now, if St. John's don't get a striker in or get some more signings in, I'm very concerned about them this season. It's a bold statement this early on, but I, I'm, I'm very concerned because the signings I made this summer have not been impressive. They're not, they, like, the board has not helped Tommy Wright out whatsoever, and he knows himself he needs to strengthen the squad. He does, and he, he's not he's not stupid. He knows that, and he knows. But well, there's only a few days left in the window. Um, he knows if he don't strengthen that te- that period, they're going to struggle massively. Um, I do think they're they're better than Hamilton, so I think uh, it'll be between him and Hamilton down the bottom, maybe some Midden as well. Um, but there's going to be a real struggle for them, um, and they're already minus seven goals down, so that's not the way to start the season at all. And Tommy Wright, I think he is a good manager. If he doesn't get signs in, like I said, they will struggle, but he might be a good enough manager just to keep them afloat this season, but they are, they are going to struggle big time. So, obviously, I've said for the last couple of years or so, uh, Matt, could this be it for Tommy Wright? Could this be his last season? Could he just see Red Mist and be like, I'm done, I've took this club as far as I can, I'm, I'm walking away. Could this be it? Could this be the tipping point? If the board don't back him, could this be it where he just walks? Very possibly, very possibly, and I think if he, for example, he does, for example, he keeps St Johnson up, right, but he's not happy with the board, he didn't back him, whatever, um, they lost Tony Watt, didn't replace him, um, and he keeps him up, walks away at the end of the season, he knows he's a good enough manager, he could get another job in Scotland, uh, in the Scottish Premier League, that is, I think, I think I think he could get another job in Scotland, another job down south. He wouldn't be. There'd be a lot of clubs who'd be like, "Yeah, Tom Ray, I'll take him, put in him." Um, he's done some Johnson wonders based on shoestring budget. Um, so I think if he does leave, he'll he'll find another club. But as for St Johnson, if he does leave, St Johnson will be in dire straits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, mate, I think Tommy Wright is a good enough manage, manager to manage any club outside of the old firm in Scotland. I agree with that. I agree. I think he's a. Like I said, he's done. Brilliant on a shoestring budget at St Johnson. He's consistently kept him um, kind of top half of the bottom six, um, around about seventh, eighth. And he's a very good manager. And um, who knows? Maybe if he does leave St Johnson, he could end up maybe getting a better job. Who knows? And obviously, going back to Celtic, uh, Tony Ryan Christie was phenomenal against St Johnson. He, do you think he'll be a big part in the Celtic team this campaign? A hundred percent. I think Ryan Christie since the start of this campaign has been outstanding. Even in Europe, he's been brilliant. He's 
just playing exactly the way you want your number 10 to play. He's getting goals, he's finding passes. Just perfect play. And obviously, um, I'll continue. Uh, also, it's just even when he came into the team last season, it's just the fact that he took his chance, and that's kind of it's kind of rare to see these these players really thrive off kind of a bit of game time and taking their chance. And just ever since then, he's I don't know, he's just worked wonders. I think for Celtic in that midfield. Yeah, and what I've noticed as well, I think I think he's actually got bigger. Like he's been working out in the gym, and he looks like he's physically stronger to me. And I think that's that'll be a big help in his game as well. I definitely he does look like he's been bulking up a wee bit, which is what you want in your midfield anyway. Exactly. I mean, he won't get pushed off the ball easily, and he can. Um, he means he's a more rounded player if he's got the strength. He's obviously know he's got um, good uh, a good shot on him and he's got a good pass. I think he'll just go from strength to strength, and he could be the next big potential um, move away from Celtic in the next few years if he continues in this vein. You can quote me on it now, but I definitely think Ryan Christie will be in the running for Player of the Year this year. That's the only I'm going to call it. It's a bold statement. He was actually my team of the season last season. I think, well, I'm saying it's bold in the sense of, of course, it's a great start to the campaign against getting a hat trick against St Johnson. But the thing is, it's still early early days, it still is. But yeah, it's, uh, we'll wait and see if he can be as consistent uh, as he he has been in previous seasons. So yeah, uh, because obviously Ryan Christie's a, a top player and. I, I can imagine right after that game he'll be buzzing he'll be he'll have so much confidence about him right now and he'll be desperate to stay in the Celtic team and avoid injury and keep this uh, good start that he's had yeah definitely definitely and so obviously oh, you go Tony yeah, I was just going to say I think he's definitely one of the first names in the team sheet you know, for Celtic anyway he's in the midfield he's getting a game over charm every day of the week he's He's the one you want playing number 10. And obviously, Lee Griffiths is back um, after uh, he went through some mental health issues. Does it feel like a new signing, Tony? It does. It's good to see he's got a few goals coming back as well. There was always kind of that thought, is he going to come back and be the player he used to be? But he seems to have kind of... He's obviously not done anything major yet, but he's found a few goals and that can only do his confidence good. And I really hope he does, because Griffiths is a top player Mm -hmm. on his day. He really is. So, obviously, Tony, is there anything else you want to add uh, before you head off? Yeah, don't really think so, man. I think we've kind of covered a lot of mm-hmm. things I have to kind of say anyway. Um, so, obviously, before you go, you're playing Motherwell um, on Saturday, 12 o'clock kickoff at Third Park. What's your score prediction? How do you see it going? actually going to be a bit of a stop-start game. I think it'll be a tough game for us. I don't think we're going to just go there and steamroll it, but I'm going to go 2-1 Celtic. 2-1 Celtic. Um, Matt, obviously you will not be on for the like the remainder of the pod. You'll be um, on for the Rangers segment and that's it. So I'll ask you just now what do you think the Celtic score will be against Motherwell on Saturday? Uh, I think 2-0 Celtic. 2-0 Celtic. So, Tony, uh, a pleasure as always, big man. And, well, obviously I won't be on the podcast next week. Well, in fact, I will be actually, I'll be able to do an episode before I go to Zanti, so, uh, <laughs> I'll keep my, my good run going. So, yeah, Tony, pleasure as always, big man, and uh, speak to you soon, bud. Uh, cheers for having us on, mate. No Enjoy problem, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. So, Matt, I know you and I have been buzzing for this segment, the Rangers yeah. segment. The best segment. <laughs> of course, my man, of course it is. So, Matt, 
Steven Gerrard's uh, signed a lot of players in the summer there. I think we've made yeah. eight signings. Nine. Nine, sorry. Nine signings were made. Uh, are you overall happy with the business we made? Do you know what, Scott? I'm absolutely delighted with our business. Um, I think he's, he's, he's um, bought well. Uh, he's obviously identified the areas that we all kind of identified that need strengthened, um, especially the, the, the centre-back. He's got a young centre-back in Edinson who looks absolutely like he's a, a great player. Yeah, he's an absolute unit of a boy. And then he is, and then we've also got Philip Hollander, who's the kind of older one, but still young enough that he'll, he'll be in the team for, for many years to come. And he's also brought in young players here and there, and I think he's just made the squad a lot more balanced, a lot more depth to the squad. A lot of competition. Um, a lot of competition for places, exactly. Um, but the one that stands out to me, and I think you might be the same as Joe Aribo. I think he's been our best signing. Joe Aribo looks like... Is a player in him there is like see the way he strives forward with the ball he's full of confidence great dribbler great awareness uh, about him yeah and obviously got a goal tonight huge fan of Joe Aribo um, I, I'm, I'm the same he reminds me he reminds me of Yaya Toure just the way he can just run with the ball um, he's got strength and he's got a good shot on him and he links up well um, and he's still extremely young so he'll go on from strength to strength and I'm absolutely buzzing about his um, his future with us. Oh, I really am, mate. And obviously, Jordan Jones. I'm very happy with that signing. I, I, I like Jordan Jones a lot. Um, obviously, he played a crucial part in tonight's uh, win. Uh, his assist for Joe Aribo, um for the third goal, I thought was phenomenal. No, Not for the third goal, sorry, I think the second goal. The second goal, yeah, yeah absolutely. Second goal. Amazing. Like, you know, um, I thought Jordan Jones was a decent signing, right? Um, like, like I said at the start of this segment, I'm very happy for our signings, but he was the one that I thought, oh, I'm not too sure about, because in my head I'm thinking, oh, could this be another Michael Allen situation? And the first few games of the season, he's been okay, not amazing, uh, but tonight, I thought tonight he was the best player on the pitch, maybe aside from Aribo. Um, he was absolutely fantastic tonight, just the way he took charge of the ball, took leadership, ran the defence, and like you said, that, that goal for Aribo he set up was just absolutely nothing short. World class. See if that was Messi had done that run and that pass, it'd be all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was that, it was that good in my opinion, and Jordan Jones really became a Rangers player tonight, and I think hopefully he'll kick on and prove me wrong. Yeah, on that goal, mate, I thought it was a great counter-attacking move. It really was. And Jordan Jones, just, I love the way he just drives forward with the ball. He's a great dribbler. He bangs the pace on him as well, mate. Bags of oh, pace, quite so skillful fast. too. Yeah, and obviously he's playing for Rangers. That's his boyhood club. Yeah, and he's anytime he's wearing that jersey, you know the guy is going to give it his all. He is, he is, and he's, he's still waiting on that first goal. But um, for Rangers, he's got a couple of assists now. But I'm sure once he gets that first goal, he'll be able to get them um, regularly enough. And like you said, he's still pretty young as well. So. He's also a Northern Ireland international, so he's he'll be a, he's, he's a cracking signer. I don't expect him to start every week, mind you, but I think when he does come in the team, I think he'll be he'll be more than comfortable. Greg Stewart, um, I'm, I'm I think I'm very content with that signing, mate. We all know what Greg Stewart's role is going to be in the squad. He's not going to be playing week in week out, but he's going to be a good squad player, good utility man. He can play out wide and behind up front. I think he's going to be a decent signing for us, mate. <laughs> I think he will be as well. I, um, and when he in pre-season the games he has played, he's, he's not put a foot wrong. He's got a couple of goals here and there, and he's linked up play as well. He's not the fastest. Um, that's one kind of con. He's not the fastest, but um, he does everything else. Um, he does the basics well, and um, he obviously got 
It was at the first half of last season. He was brilliant for Kelly. When he went to Aberdeen, wasn't that good, but I think Stephen Gerrard will get the best out of him. He'll play him through the centre when he does play, and when he does get games, and he'll just be a kind of solid signing that will come in when needed. Yep, exactly. And obviously you and I spoke about this off the pod, and we're talking about a third-choice striker, because obviously Kyle Lafferty's away now. I think I don't think we need to get another striker in there. I'm very content with Greg Stewart being our third-choice striker, because he can do a job there, and there's no point going out and getting someone else in, I don't think, to be, uh, to be perfectly honest. No, I agree. He, he's, he's a very good third-choice striker. Like I said, when he doesn't come in, he'll come in, he'll do a job well. Um, and see, to my, see if the transfer window was shut right now, I'd be happy with our signings. Uh, maybe, maybe get another winger in. Um, but, obviously, it looks like Kent's not going to happen. Like I stayed in the water. That so. is, it's dead eye. Yeah, so it looks like our business is done. Uh, maybe, Brandon Barker, sorry, if he comes in, I'd be more than happy with that. But if, the window was to end right now I'd be very happy with our signings uh, as you just brought him up there mate uh, Barker a lot of Rangers fans are criticising uh, us going for someone like him but I think he's worth a punt mate he's got bags of pace about him and see when he did play against us a couple of times he was very pacey and he was just driving at us caused us quite a few problems as well So and it'll be a, it'll be a freebie we'll get him on a free so I think why not you know and he, obviously I, like it's more players out in that position, out in the left wing. So why not? I don't see the big issue with it. No, I don't see it. Like he's, he's, like he's, he's still young. And when he did play for Hibs, he causes uh, a multitude of problems. And he was the one player, uh, one of the, one, the players, it was like him, um, Camberry, McLaren, they were like danger men, um, Boyle as well. Um, but Barker, he, although from Man City at the time, looked like a real, real player. Um, he's not really, he's not really kicked on since that Hibs loan. I think he'll come to Rangers um, Gerrard will get the best out of him and this is a free transfer so if it does go wrong there must be any money in him um, so yeah it's a, it's a pretty safe bet for me um, Ojo how do you feel about him? I know it's still, oh, very, it's still the sign is it's very early days right and we've, and we've we've got high hopes for Ojo but I don't think he's had an unbelievable start so far but what's your thoughts? I mean I think he's a Cracking saying I think there's definitely a player in there. I mean, you don't play for Liverpool or be on Liverpool's books if you're not a good player. I mean, they're European champions. Um, Ojo, I think he started off absolutely on fire, but he's kind of faded away since that kind of he first came on, uh, came into Rangers. Sorry, um, but when he doesn't, when he's not playing well, like, he still chips in with a goal or an assist. But the rest of the time he's not really doing much. Um, but I still think he's still getting used to the team, still settling in. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think he's got a wand of a left foot. So I think once he settles in properly and gets more game time under his belt, and like he's a new city as well, he's still young. So once he's all one, you see, consider all those factors, and once he settles in, gets more game time. Like I said, I think he'll be he'll be a regular player for us. Um, and obviously Gerard rates him highly. So mm-hmm. I think slow start, but you will improve. And obviously, we signed Stephen Davis on a permanent basis for that. For that was fantastic news. It is. Um, he was another one who came in in January, who didn't start off the greatest, but I think he was not very fit at the time. But then, once we changed the system and he played further back and kind of dictated the play, he was absolutely fantastic. And towards the end of the season, when we were getting that run of like seven, eight games, I think it was of winning games. Um, he was a key a key component of that 
and he's continued that form into this season. And he's not going. He's not starting every game, but I don't expect him to. But it's, he's like thirty four, so I don't expect him to start every game. And um, but when he does start, he'll be controlling the ball, controlling the pace of the game. And he's also good to have around the dressing room as well because he knows it's what it's like to win titles at Rangers, and he'll be able to pass his knowledge to the young players. And um, so I think he's a cracking signing. And let's talk about the players that have left the club. Um, Daniel Candias. See, at the time, mate, I'm not going to lie, at the time, I was like, ah, it's sad to see him go, but I think we'll be fine for the rest of the season, right? Wish him all the best, blah, blah, blah. But see, now, mate, I'm quite gutted he's gone, man. I think he is quite a big loss, not going to lie. But obviously, if he wasn't going to stay and fight for his jersey, then we have no choice but to let him go. But I think overall, it is quite a big loss. I think it's a, a big loss. I mean, he was—he's a—he was a, he was a, he was a, a big member of the squad in the dressing room and that. He was good pals with Morelos, um, and he had a great delivery on him. And he, every time he played, he worked his heart out. His rate was second to none. He was working rate was second to none, and he didn't want to fight for the jersey. He's like what thirty one. He wants to be playing regularly. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I wish he had a bit more fighting on him. Wanted to fight for his place, but I wish him well. But we replaced him with Ojo, Hasty, Jones and that. I mean, and possibly Barker. Um, are they any better than Candice? I'm not too sure yet. Um, I still think we should have kept him. Um, we should have convinced him to stay. But in the day, if we wanted to leave, we wanted to leave. But as a massive, massive loss for us. Yeah, but, I'm not going to lie, mate. I'm not going to lie. I, I think we should get another right winger in. I really think, I think we need to. We do. Yeah, because seeing mean, the left hand side, mate, we're absolutely sorted. We've got so much competition there, right? And obviously, Barker's coming in. That's another player uh, out in the left hand side. But that right hand side's just looking like it's Ojo, right? And we don't want to be playing left uh, foot. We don't want left wingers playing out and out right because sometimes it's they feel a bit uncomfortable and it's usually most of the time it doesn't work. So I would want to get a natural right winger in, to be honest, right before the window shots. We need to, I think. I agree, I agree. I mean, we've got Ojo and Hasty, and obviously Hasty isn't really getting in the squad at the moment. Yeah, he's more. Uh, he's mostly, like, his natural position is out left, but I'm, I think he can probably do a job out right, you know? But, he played the majority of time at, um, at uh, when he was at Manabon, he played the majority of time out right, because he is left footed, but he'd always cut in. Um, but yeah, no, I agree, I think we do need another right winger in. Who that'll be, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Bar- Barker's. Um, plays out in the left the right hand side is looking a bit light at the moment um, but like I said if the window was to close right now I would be happy but another winger would be, would be um, another right winger would be ideal yeah because I'm very happy with the, the business we've done but yes as we are just saying uh, another right winger in because as you were saying about um, Hasty he can he can do both right but and as you were saying he can cut in but I just, I just want to get another right winger in, mate. Someone it's more natural, naturally suited to playing out right. So that's the thing. Is there anyone that comes to the top of your head that we can get in? No, I was actually thinking about that there when you were talking. I actually can't. No one springs to mind immediately. I mean, obviously, Grest is going to go by the looks of it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Left. I mean, that's, that's too clear. I mean, obviously, Grest last season wasn't getting in the game time but we do need to ring that and like I said I just can't think of anyone off the top of my head in a moment yeah I'm sure we'll get something in because Gerard knows that we really do need to get someone in so we'll move on from that um, Kyle Lafferty he's away yep. spoke a lot about him towards the end of the season um, obviously uh, Gerard 
had a lot of issues with him. Apparently, he's not a good trainer. But I think we all that's common knowledge actually <laughs> that we know Kyle Lafferty is not a good trainer. Um, and obviously they love it. The the preseason friendly, not the preseason friendly, the friendly. Again, the bounce game. I think it was under twenties. The under twenties bounce game against the. I obviously he was play. It was under twenties versus Liverpool under twenties. Lafferty was taking part in that, and he got hold off at half time. And obviously, I think that was probably the nail in the coffin for Kyle Lafferty as soon as that happened. Yeah, um, it definitely was. I'm, I mean, Gerard said um, after that game, um, certain players, their attitude was stinking, basically, and they'll never play for Rangers again. I think the players that came off was Lafferty, Gresda, Barisic, um, I can't mean Dodo, I think, maybe, as well, I can't remember. Yep. And the only player who's still here, or um, still in his plans, is Barisic. But Lafferty... He he's he's interview recently where he said he admits he's not the best trainer, but he wants another chance. Well, no. If you if you don't train well, you admit that yourself. How can you expect to get chances if you're not training well? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, his attitude towards training is thinking, but yeah. his attitude towards Rangers is fantastic. He loves Rangers. That's quite clear to see. And he says he'll come back with his wife um, and watch the games as a fan, which I, I love. But he, when he did play, he was. Pretty, pretty, pretty garbage, and um, he probably wasn't a big wage. So to get yeah. him off the wage bill um, is 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 it made sense? Mate, it made sense because any time the guy was given a chance, right? He was, anytime he was given a chance, he couldn't deliver. I know what he said he, at times he felt as though he wasn't given a chance. Any time, right? At Rangers though, <laughs> like when you're given an opportunity to play, you need to take it. You need to pounce on it. And let's be honest, I love Kyle Lafferty. Honestly, he's one of my heroes growing up as a footballer. I absolutely idolised the guy, right? But simple as, it's brutal. He was given a chance and he couldn't take it. Simple as, right? And I'm, I'm, I was sad. I'm, I'm, I was sad to see him go and because I'm gutted it never worked out. I really had high hopes for the guy when we signed him. I was over the moon and I was like, this is Kyle Lafferty's shot at redemption to right the wrongs on how he left win over the Rangers support again and it's a shame he couldn't do it but obviously he's a, he'll leave with my best wishes and I, I hope he goes to a club and bangs in the goals again and picks up the good form that he, he had at heart so I wish Lafferty nothing but the best but he just couldn't take his chance really yeah no I, I couldn't agree more mm-hmm. yeah so and obviously Gareth McCauley left that was no surprise to be honest, yeah. he's like 40-something, so, yeah, he's like 40, sorry, I, he's 40, so, yeah, that made perfect sense, so, yes, yeah, so, uh, overall, before we wrap up uh, on the transfers and the outgoings and whatnot, um, uh, maybe I'd like to get another left-back in, another left-back, ideally, so I'm not a fan of Barisic, and a right-winger, and I think we're sorted, because Kent's dead, right, so, right-winger, left-back, then I think we're okay, mate. I mean... Yeah, I definitely agree with the winger. Um, but I'm quite happy with the left back situation at the moment. I maybe review it again in January. But I think Halliday, great option at left back. Barisic, yes, he's not. He's been pretty up and down with Rangers' career so far. But I do truly believe he's a player, a great player in there, and he showed that with Croatia. He's transferred it over to Rangers, and I think. He needs to give another season at least, and I think he will oh, prove mate. everyone wrong. You're being generous, man. Danny. You're being generous. We've got, we've got, we've got Danny. We've got uh, Danny. We've got uh, Flanagan. Um, 
He still makes me uncomfortable, mate. I'm not going to lie. Flanagan from left back still does make me feel uncomfortable. And obviously, you were saying about Barisic. Yeah, he plays for Croatia and all that. Like, I know everyone says that, but I'm judging him on a, like when him when he's been a Rangers jersey and I'm not seeing anything. Like He's not produced the goods. Like, yeah, he might do well for Croatia, but at Rangers, he's not done it so far. So I think maybe Gerrard's going to say, right, last chance I'm giving you six months to prove yourself. If you don't do it the next six months, you're out the door. That's what I'm probably guessing. Because Gerard, obviously, you know he's ruthless and he's brutal, so I'm guessing maybe he said to him, six months, or if you don't do it, bye-bye. Maybe, pro- pro- possibly, yeah. I've been watching uh, training videos um, that Rangers put up, and from what I've seen, Barisic trains absolutely fantastic. Um, he's one of the hardest trainers from what I've saw. Um, so he is, it is very clear he's wanting to prove himself, he is wanting to try hard, and Gerard can see that, so that's why he's probably gave him this chance. Um, but if he's not... If he's not proved himself uh, in January, I'd look at maybe Greg Taylor or like Max Lowe, like obviously the two Celtic targets, yeah, possible Celtic targets we were looking at earlier. Mm. Um, but I do believe Barisic will come good. Can you see what you're saying there about, uh, obviously, Barisic uh, training hard and stuff, right? It's, it's fine and dandy do, working hard and training, right? But see when you're given a chance to play, you need to do it. And I think, do, is he like the opposite from Lafferty? <laughs> like, like, like Lafferty, like back in the day, horrible trainer, but given a chance, he can do it. But Barisic, good trainer, but given the chance, can't do it. So, <laughs> maybe the, a shame. Yeah. So, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see, Matt. So, uh, but, but obviously, we've got a, a lot to get into, so... Um, we'll come back to this obviously next week and um, we'll see how we do this weekend but let's talk about the football so yep. what do you want to kick off with uh, the Kilmarnock game at the weekend it was uh, Kilmarnock uh, obviously um, the first game of the season at Rugby Park beat them 2-1 Matt but it was not easy <laughs> it was a it was a grind <laughs> to say the it least it was a grind it was it, we made it extremely tough for ourselves uh, I think the first half um, they just sat back and we couldn't really create much chances um, obviously they were, oh sorry, I just need to say this Matt, but speaking about Kamarna, as you said, they sat back and stuff, they were very well structured and organised, they surprised me mate, and we literally couldn't break them down, we, did, we were just passing the ball out wide and that, and we were like, well, how can we break this unit down, we couldn't do it, but yes, continue. Um, yeah, no, we, we couldn't break them down, they were very disciplined, I think they've learned their lesson from that European game, um, which is what they should have done, which they did do, so credit where credit's true, um, but obviously they got the goal, Katic, um, a brilliant header, but also was saved by the keeper, who, by the way, I thought had a brilliant game. Um, their yep. keeper on loan from Juventus, then mm-hmm. Scott Arfield was there to put it in. Then the second half, he just came out, had a goal, and um, obviously got the, this goal um, from through Stephen O'Donnell, which I thought was an absolutely brilliant finish. And honestly, Scott, I thought that was it. That's, that's it. We're same old Rangers. Beat, same old Rangers. We're not going to beat them again. But then, up steps by Conor Goldson, with an absolute rock of a header and um, that would have been a game we would have drawn or even lost last season but this season we're, we're digging in deep and getting those wins No I couldn't agree more mate like yeah it just shows you credit, to, credit where it's due we were poor right but the thing is so Rangers deserve credit where we, we worked ever so hard to just get that result because as you say that's a game we would have lost last season because in the last 18 months going to Rugby Park it's been a real struggle for us it's been absolute pain but we got the result that was a massive three points and you can see what it meant to the support and Gerard and the, at the end of the game and it, it was it was a fantastic feeling so it was not no better way to win a game at the last minute <laughs> stressful but the, the relief is sensational <laughs> 
It was, it was. I mean, uh, I think we might need to touch on it. Um, I don't know if you want to or not, but I'm going to. Um, obviously, obviously, Michael Stewart in his comments. No, not the Michael. Not that thing. I'm talking about obviously fans at the end running into the pitch. Yes, I know. Obviously, you don't want, like. Obviously, right, I can imagine like the fans' emotions are running high, and he's running on the pitch, and they're just over the moon, and it's they're just so happy, right? And yes, at times you don't want to, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that, right? But the thing is, though, the thing that's really annoyed me is the fact that the Scottish media are really singling Rangers out for this, right? And they're saying Rangers are so bad, blah, blah, blah. And this is disgraceful. Rangers fans run on the pitch acting like that. But when you look at St Mirren, when they won the playoffs, fans ran on the pitch. Celtic, last season against Kilmarnock, Scott Brown scores, fans ran on the pitch. And they're they're all like... Over exaggerating their celebration, not over exaggerating, but they're going really over top of their celebration. So over over exuberance, over exuberance. That's it, mate. Aye. They're just like it's. That's the thing. Scottish the Scottish media hate Rangers singling us out, saying, "Oh, look at that! It's disgraceful." Blah blah blah. Um, but yes, I'll, I'll let you say your piece, and then we'll go on to Michael Stewart very briefly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's great to get a last minute winner. Who doesn't love to get a last minute winner? But should not be running onto the pitch like that. And obviously. it's Caused damage to Kilmarnock Stadium, which obviously we all need to pay for, um, since there's our fans. I think across the board, no matter how happy you should get, you should not run onto the pitch. Uh, it looks bad in your club, whether that be Rangers, Celtic, St Mirren, whoever. It should not be, should not be happening. And when I've seen that happen, I just put my hand in my face. It's like, oh no, why are you doing this? Because they know the repercussions that's going to happen. That's my thoughts on it. Simply do not do it, no matter how happy or over exuberant you may be. Because mm. that's as I just said, it just it kind of annoys me the fact that, like every like everyone just like up in arms about it. I'm talking about like the media, where when yeah. any any time other club does it, they don't say a thing. But when Rangers do it, that's where they, they just pounce on that story and they're like, oh look at the state of that, you know. Just come on, a bit of balance, you know, and we don't get that. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, and also, make sure his comments. Obviously, outside there was ticket issues outside the gate, and there was a bit of a crush. Um, and Michael Stewart, yeah. Let's keep this PG, the idiot that he is. Um, these idiotic comments, um, saying yeah. there wasn't that. And when there just, was actual witnesses, there was yeah. like the fans saying they were crushed outside, and, and there was a lot some incidents as There's well. Pictures and that. Exactly, and exactly, and, and Michael Stewart to be so reckless and dangerous with those comments, and especially saying that on a national platform as big as the BBC, that is shameful, and that is that is really pathetic, honestly. And he should really know better. He didn't even do any research into it. He just spouted off those shocking comments just because he has an agenda against Rangers and he hates he Rangers does. Football Club. That's what it is. He's a bitter, bitter, sad little man. But we'll move on. Yeah, so we just had to address that because yeah. there was many, many Rangers fans who were crushed. Well, not many, but there was there was a decent amount of Rangers fans that were crushed. Including children. Exactly, yeah. And Michael Stewart was having a go, basically just Rangers fans. And he'd be saying, it, but the main issue is Kilmarnock need to address this. And there's an issue there, you know. There's a massive issue and Kilmarnock need to sort it out ASAP before something major happens. Exactly, exactly, and obviously, they need to, they simply need to, uh, that's the, that's the B.O. end of it, they need to address it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, mate. So, obviously, we'll talk about uh, the Cluj game tonight. Um, uh, Midgeland. Oh, sorry, Cluj, sorry, uh, Midgeland, yes. Um, the Midgeland game, obviously, 1-4-2, scoring four goals away from home in Europe, mate, that is, 
that's a fantastic stat. Like, that's brilliant. Like, and obviously that's it. Obviously that's four away goals. <laughs> so uh, in fact, it's just crucial getting that away goal to take back to Ibrox. So overall, what did you make of the performance? Um, I thought it was a, a, a very good performance. Uh, I remember I was, I was watching it in Rangers TV. And um, the commentator, um, Tom, was like, oh, Mitchell and uh, getting out the stats and all that, saying it won't be a goal fest tonight. <laughs> there, was, there, was six, there were six goals. Um, but I thought we played well. Um, once we went 3-0 up, I thought, wow, we're just we're in, we're in like, Greenland just now. Obviously, Mitchell's not the biggest club in the world, but they're a very experienced um, European team who bet Man U a few years ago. Um, but then, for the, if you look at it, we're 3-0 up for it to end 4-2. What happened there? I thought our defence, after especially after like we went through and all up, then we just lost concentration uh, over the last six minute, minute period, and they, can, they scored two goals. Then obviously we got the fourth one. Uh, I thought, but overall, I thought we played well. We played some nice attacking football when we had the ball, and when we didn't have the ball, for the most part, like I said, those two goals were kind of normally within that six minute, minute period. But for the most part, we defended well. And um, our counter-attacking play, like we touched on earlier, with Jones setting up a rebo, um, was fantastic. And mm-hmm. Morelis getting his, um, always getting his goal. Um, I thought, for the most part, we played well. And four away goals, I mean, if you gave me that, if you told me before, the, before kick-off, we could four for goals. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because obviously, first half, tempo was a bit slow. Um, it wasn't the most exciting game, but it was. I think I thought it was crucial to get that goal right before half time. Then second half, we just came out all guns blazing. We we're three 0 up, and I think the players obviously got a bit excited. And then we gave away as we, as we were just saying two very very poor goals. And I'm thinking, oh no, God, please don't bottle this. But then we got the fourth goal just to calm the nerves. And yeah, mate, I'm over the moon with that. Really over the moon. So yeah, honestly, can't cannot complain. Cannot complain. I think we'll get the job done. Obviously next week. At Ibrox? I think so. I think they I think it could possibly be another goal fest because they're, let's not deny it, although they concede, uh, although they conceded four goals there, like I said, I touched on earlier, they are still a very good side and they showed yeah. that glimpses tonight. Um, so they'll come out, they, only, they know they're, they're basically two, they're two goals down, right? They And we've got four away goals, so they've got a gap to make up there. Um, and they're going to come out all guns blazing at Ibrox and that could suit us because we, we we know judged on tonight if they attack us we can just counter attack them and get goals so I predict another goal fest at Ibrox but I do think we'll come out the tie and um, face where we're going to face next uh, either Lego Warsaw or some Greek team and see talking on Michelin right they're an f- absolute unit I'm talking about the unit I'm talking about they're so tall mate they honestly are they're like giants <laughs> I mean, it was touched on previously, and um, obviously their their strongest point um, was um, set pieces. They've scored a lot of set pieces, and when you look at them, it's, it's no wonder why. Because they're not, like you said, they're absolutely you know, they're massive. That big striker um, who did look good, by the way, um, he was an absolute unit. But we we've got units ourselves. We've got big goals, and we've got big Katic, and we've got Flanagan, who isn't the biggest, but he's not afraid of a tackle. Um, so we've stood up to that, that aspect of their game very well yeah I agree and my man of match personally tonight was Alfredo obviously I thought he was superb getting himself in the score sheet two assists as well uh, it was like honestly it was great to see Alfredo with a smile on his face obviously because at what happened last season with uh, yeah. the Scott Brown incident and yeah it was great to see him like with a smile on his face tonight back to his usual self and 
Ah, uh, see when he got that yellow card, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, don't be, don't go back to the old Alfredo, yeah, the last season, he, 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 he's an he elf. Never, like, there was times tonight where they were trying to wind him up and that, but he never but once tonight, and this season, he's, from the very first game of pre-season till now, he's, he looked like he's a different person, he looks very calm, and like I said, tonight, there was times tonight where he probably would have bit last season, but this season he's very calm, getting his goals, uh, getting his assists, and it looks like he's going to stay because the English transfer window is now obviously closed and yeah. I can't see any foreign club coming in for him so it looks like he's here for at least another season mm-hmm. um, and, um, so I'm more than happy with that yeah, I agree, mate. Um, you, you said you Jones, I um, see Morelos. I, I like obviously touch on Morelos. Um, yeah, he started off so well. I mean, you can tell he's like he's trying not to bite, but let's see if he can keep this up. I'm praying and high lord, mate, that he keeps us up. I'm just really praying that he does because he's going to be so crucial for us this season if we want to win fifty five. Hundred percent agree. This could come back to bite me, and it, it might do. But I think he will be calm this season. Um, I can just just something about him this season from what I've seen. Uh, he just seems like I don't know what's happened. Maybe he's finally realised, or oh, if I'm going to get this move away, uh, he's not going to force. You know, I don't think a fighter would ever force a move away. But if he he thinks to himself, I do want to get this big move down south or whatever. Um, I need to really sort of my attitude, and that's obviously maybe cost him this transfer window. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it looks like he's a much calmer, much more mature player. And if he continues with his goals and his assists, he'll he'll go for big money, like we've been saying for ages. But maybe it was just the attitude that was holding clubs back. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. if he does continue with this great attitude that he's started the season with, um, that is going to be good news for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously before I let you go, Matt, we need to talk about the Chinese bid, about that part, this like imaginary Chinese bid or like offer I, that was made to Morelos. I, where, where does this come from? I, I, it's got to be his agent or something. Like, but it's just see when I seen it last week that Morelos has turned down a three year uh, deal at uh, this Chinese club and he was going to be getting fe- uh, ten million a year. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, no sense. Like the way it was, like, it came from Sky Sports, who as well, very credible, very, <laughs> very credible. They're very rarely wrong. But basically, what they said was that. They offered a contract to Morelos worth thirty million over three years, and they were prepared to meet Rangers' valuation, which was fifteen million plus. But they didn't actually bid for the player, which doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, which comes across to me that they're tapping up the player, basically saying, "Here, listen, um, if we bid for you, and this is what we're going to offer you, that's tapping up, and that's from that, my knowledge, that's not allowed in football." So that. Yeah. Mate, I don't even think it happened. I, ge- I generally don't even think it happened. I don't, I don't think, think they either. offered them anything. If it did happen, there would have been an investigation because that is tapping Yeah, and also, let's be realistic, mate, right? There's no way Morelos is turning down 10 million a year and <laughs> no one would turn that down. 10 million a year, not a chance. Like, so many top players in England wouldn't even turn that down. Here, but you're in China, though. That's, that's the thing. You're in China. I mean... But for you, it's a short career, mate. It's a short career. And you're getting offered 10 million to go to China... Like, 10 million a year, there's no way if a footballer's turned that down unless you're, like, elite level, like, playing for Real Madrid or etc. Like, that's a lot of money. Like, so I don't even think it happened. I, mean, I don't even think they offered, offered them a thing. I think it's just completely imaginary and as Donald Trump is saying, yeah. it's just complete fake news. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fake news. I mean, it probably maybe did come from his agent. Who knows? But I don't think it happened. I no. think, like I said, if it did happen, that would have been tapped on the player and that's... But, um, from what I think, from what I 
know if that, I think that's illegal and there would have been an investigation but there has been no investigation so I think it was just she said he said and obviously Gerard came out and said that nah it's a lot of nonsense he basically laughed it off in his press yeah. conference so what does that tell you so um, obviously um, obviously, I just want to ask you your prediction for this weekend against Hibs um, last time we played Hibs we beat them 1-0 obviously towards the tail end of last season and it was shenanigans towards the end of the game McGregor getting sent off and big Ross McCory having to step in goals so how do you yeah. see it going? Um, I think it will be a tough game I think Paul Heckenbottom um, ever since he came to Hibs um, has done very well and I think that was his only defeat um, if I'm not wrong uh, or one of his first defeats as Hibs manager um, it will be tough we're at home though and we're, we're a stronger side than we were last season so I'm going to Go for 2-1 Rangers 2-1 Rangers I'm going to say 2-0 Rangers So Matt is there anything else You want to Touch on before uh, I let you go um, No not really Just Next week I should be on For the full episode um, But I've enjoyed The The, the new seat Like the start of the new season And hopefully Scott score Is back It is back. indeed mate Because obviously there, there was some more stuff I wanted to get into with you, but obviously we don't have the time, and I can't be selfish and keep you on forever, <laughs> even though yeah. I would love to. But um, yes. I mate, no, pleasure. I'll, to... I'll be on for the full pod next week. Don't you worry. I definitely mate. So pleasure is always, big man, and I'll speak to you soon, bud. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. So we're moving on to the Aberdeen segment now. Obviously, we'd love to get into some other games, but unfortunately, we don't have the time tonight. But we're joined by Josh Freer. Josh, welcome back, my man. How are we? I'm fine, mate, yourself? I'm very well, mate. So, obviously, you're a big Aberdeen fan, and we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to Aberdeen. So, first of all, I want to ask you, are you happy with the summer business Dent McInnes has made? Uh, yeah, well, I'm pleased so far from, obviously, a bad result tonight, but from what I've seen through pre-season and, obviously, from the first game... Um, I think we've recruited well, especially for the creativity. That's something we sort of lacked last season. Um, yeah, just to get more firepower from the wings, especially with the signings like Hedges and Gallagher and Ojo in the middle of the park. So, yeah, I think we've recruited quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously, who would you say has been the standout for out all the signings so far that you've been really impressed with and you think that can really push on this campaign? Probably John Gallagher We got him from Atlanta I think we only Have him on a short loan But um, He's the one That I've been impressed with So far Just because he's so versatile He can play Like as a wing back Or even up front winger Or even in the middle So It's just how he's able to like Go across the park In different positions And His drive as well He's obviously so pacey And he's, he never stops running and for someone who seems like quite small, he's also quite strong as well on the ball. Mm-hmm. But I was really impressed with him from what I saw at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, you got a replacement. We'll talk about it uh, the weekend there. Uh, like, no, sorry, quite soon. But obviously, you got a, a big replacement in for Graham Shinney, Craig Bryson. Yeah, Ojo. Uh, Ojo Craig and Craig Bryson yeah. as well. Um, yeah, like that's two obviously big replacements for Shinny, like like for in that midfield and for Shinny. So yeah. yeah, like how do you see Craig Bryson doing? If you can get him fit, that is a good player you've got. Yeah, is he is he not still like injured 
just now? What is he like? Yeah. Recovery? Just, yeah, he's just trying I to recover just now. I actually, but, I'm not sure. In fact, I think it, he's got maybe two or three weeks. Actually, don't quote me on that, but I'm sure it's only two or three weeks, and then he's uh, back. So he is. Yeah, and he done quite well at Derby, and um, obviously, I think I think he's like 31, 32, So I think that's yeah. kind of like uh, I think he's a temporary fix until mm-hmm. we maybe find someone else in that position or. Joe comes to strength, you know. But um, yeah, he, he's a good player and he's well experienced. And obviously, other players, he'll keep other players intact around him, mm-hmm. you know. So, how do you feel about the signing of Ash Taylor? Because obviously, Ash he Taylor, splits well, the Aberdeen support. Before, I feel right? like, I feel like he does split the Aberdeen support. Because there were some Aberdeen fans that were happy to see him back, and they were like, "Oh, well, it's hopefully it works out this time. Hopefully, you can." get a bit of form and maybe push on but then the other side of Aldean support are like no why is Ash Taylor coming back he's a bomb scare blah 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 but what's your opinion on Ash Taylor? Ash Taylor um, see when he was that was a few years ago I didn't actually I thought he was alright I mean he wasn't perfect but I think he'd done the job alright however like I think he's like 30 odd now is he not like 28 30 he's 28 yeah so he's basically he's at peak years right. yeah 28 yeah so basically he's at peak years this is where he's effectively fully developed now yeah and this is where it's like never never for him yeah um, I don't know I don't know has he played I don't know if he played tonight or even at the weekend I mean I think he's basically just a backup you know but um yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, I thought at first, uh, once we revealed this the signing, I thought, yeah, it was a, it was a bit up in the air, really. You don't know if he still had it in his legs or whether, like, I can't remember where he moved to from us. He actually. went to Northampton Town, so he did. Aye, Northampton Town. Yeah, and Aye. they... I think we got him on a free, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a free, yeah. They never offered him a new contract, apparently, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure. I think, like, I'm happy for him as being a backup, but if he was to be a first-team regular, I'd be a bit wary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do you feel about Greg Lee, obviously, coming out the like, side? But, uh, um, yeah, no, he, uh, he's he been very well for us. I mean, he's just so strong and so fast, and that's something that we kind of lacked. Well, obviously, we had Max Lowe last season, who was great, and... Obviously, when he went back to Derby, I, I was starting, and I, not just me, but I think the rest of the fans were starting to question if we get someone like as good mm-hmm. in that position for next season. And but I think we've done all right getting him into the club. He seems to be pretty good, mm-hmm. and obviously he assisted a goal at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously we'll come on to the game in a minute. But the last transfer I want to bring up to you is Curtis Main. Um, Curtis May. That that for me was a bizarre signing, and I don't know what yeah. Dent McInnes was thinking with that one because Curtis Main is I think he scored six goals in the past eighteen months or so. Yeah. Six goals I mean, in the past eighteen be- months, but it's, I just I don't know why he is signing Curtis Main. I don't understand the thought process behind it. Yeah, well, see, at first, I think it was even you I brought it up to, um, that I thought, like, at first that was a decent signing, but I think it was, like, you who pointed out how many goals he had scored, mm-hmm. and I thought he was, like, a, was he not a regular? He wasn't even a regular for Motherwell last He was season. in and out of the team. He was basically in and out of the team. He wasn't really, like, playing a whole lot, effectively, but... I think, 
yeah, it's a bizarre one. I was thinking of this. I think it was the season prior I was thinking of him because I think he was a more regular first team player the season before. Mm-hmm. But um, see, when she pointed out, you would only scored about three goals last season. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of put me off him a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's. But even as a backup, you know, you wonder if he would make much of an effect. Yeah, I don't understand. But, um, it. It's up in the air, really. I don't know. You need to see him play. I just I don't have I don't have very high hopes for him if I'm being honest right I, and as you know I'm no fan of Stevie May right but give me Stevie May any day of the week over Curtis Main. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if we'll have Stevie May but it, see it, his move to St Johnston fell through it didn't happen um, because obviously oh, he was meant to go there definitely not happen. it's definitely off yeah it's off the cards so, uh, it's uh, too much yeah so I, I, do you think Stevie May's going to play a part in Aberdeen's plans this season? Uh, I don't know. Like, you'll be involved with like, the squad or that, but probably like in the reserves, you know. Like, it'll probably be on the bench, I reckon, because I think Cosgrove is in form just now. So yeah, yes. With a, and I think we played it with a lone striker. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where I think last season Stevie May played a bit deeper, but he didn't basically nothing. His work rate's good, but like on the ball, he doesn't do much at all. Yeah, do you know what that reminds me of, mate? It reminds me of Jason Holt in a sense, right? Where Jason Holt's work rate, his work rate is phenomenal, but see, I look like everything else is pretty non-existent. You know, he can work so hard, but you need to do something with the ball. You know, and uh, uh, I don't. It's, I, I had high hopes for Stephen May when he went to Aberdeen. And he's yeah, just, you know, just not done it. I think he like. I think he started off alright. I think he got a few goals, but I think what it is we see, we see this with strikers is that once their confidence goes down, they're basically like useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, and he's not being able to get that confidence back whatsoever. He's yeah. just really struggled to get it back and yeah as you were saying his work rate yeah that's fine and dandy but he's not really done it so I think it would yeah. be best been saying it for a long time I think it's, it would be best for Aberdeen and Stevie May to just completely part ways with each other I think that would be yeah. for best for the both clubs you know yeah. and obviously did, he, I think he wasn't Hmm? Did he not have a big injury as well? Or? Yeah, I, I'm sure he did when he was down south. He had a big injury and he's not been able, reco- been able to recover from it. So, yeah, so yeah, I, maybe, maybe it's a factor of that, but I'm not too sure. Maybe, yeah, I think going to St Johnston would be like maybe the a, a perfect match for him. Because Aye. Tommy May was able to get the best out of him. Off him. So, yeah, I, th- I think he'd be pretty gutted it never fell through. I don't know the circumstances behind it, but I'm, I'm sure he will be gutted. If I'm being honest, mate. So we'll, we'll yeah. move on and we'll talk about the game from the weekend against Hearts. Big result for you. Massive result. You were there, obviously. 3-2 against uh, the Jambos. And it was a very exciting game, probably. No, in fact, game of the weekend it was. Game of the weekend. So what did you think of it? Uh, well, Rollercoaster of emotions. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the game... I mean, it was an end-to-end game. I mean, obviously, it's a sore way for Hearts to end up losing it. But um, I think we kind of deserved to win, though. Um, I think because we obviously took the lead through Cosgrove, and obviously that was 1-0 at half-time. But Hearts didn't really create much in the first half. But I think it's when really Naismith came on. Mm -hmm. That's when they sprung back into life for a brief part of the game. Obviously, once he scored, that gave them the momentum. To go on and score um, again. Yeah, 
Who was the guy? Was it number nine who scored for them? I keep. Was his McNaughty? Or... Um, who scored for Hearts? Um, aye, the second goal. The second goal, Jimmy Walker. Uh, obviously, Jimmy, Jimmy Walker just recently turned. Oh, yeah, was Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Aye, but um, obviously, um, once um, what was it? Because we got awarded the penalty like not too long after. Yep. And they got a man sent off. It was on the left back. Yeah, young boy, 16-year-old. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, due to inexperience. So it was. You can yeah. see Naismith speaking to the boy right after that. You know, so it was, a, it was a daft challenge to make. It was it was yeah. a definite second yellow, simple as. And yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, he, he's young, he'll learn. fairly decent as well. I mean, it's just he'll obviously learn from that. But obviously, from that free kick, that's when we got the penalty and that's when Cosgrove put it away. Yeah, that, that was... I'd never seen a game... Changed so quickly in a long time, mate. Like Hearts were winning two one, and at that time you're thinking, right, here we go. Hearts going to kick on, or they're like maybe get more, or they're just going to hold on for this lead. And people are thinking, yeah, they'll see it out. But then the red card happens, and that completely changed the game, turned it upside down. And credit yeah. when it's Drew Aberdeen fought back extremely well. Sam Cosgrove, yeah. obviously, when he stood up for that penalty, you know he was going to finish it. Because that guy right now, uh, Josh, he is in the form of his life. He <laughs> really is. Yeah, it's remarkable. Cosgrove, yeah. And um, obviously, like we're talking about um, with Greg Lee, because he obviously done a fair shift in the game as well. He mm. assisted one for Hedges. And I don't know, like I felt like we should have started Hedges over Scott Wright. I don't think, like, personally, I mean, I know he's still young, but I still don't think he's good enough to mm-hmm. play. Did you loan him out? For, for a, Again, yes, um, I know he was out yeah, and loan previously. We, we loaned him out to Dundee, like, for half the season. I think he scored a few goals, but, you know, I think he still needs a bit more experience under his belt, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I but, think you're um, probably right, yeah. And it was, see, obviously, since uh, Hedges came off from the bench and had that instant yeah. impact, it just shows you, like, he's making a statement early on, you know, and yeah. for him to come on and make an impact that quickly, and obviously he scored a fantastic goal as well to win yeah, you the game. Yeah, and to roof for the net, I don't think the Hearts keep had much chance, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, no, none whatsoever, mate. So, overall, who it was a, it was a big result and performance, from Aberdeen got the job done but let's talk a little bit about Hearts right um, it's we've said, it was a common thing we said last season right it's alarming how much they rely on Stephen Naismith and as you said yeah. you were at the game and you said Hearts weren't doing very much until they brought on Naismith and then that's what gets Hearts ticking Naismith like they are effectively a one man team and it's bad how much they rely on Stephen Naismith yeah I mean I, I don't think Piazza is like I mean, I don't. I think he's fairly average, to be honest with you. And like, like we were saying, I mean, I think Naismith really pulls the strings for their team. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't. Uh, Christoph Berra at the back. I don't think he's. Any yeah, good he should. Really. Yeah, I he's don't think he'll be watching back the highlights for that first goal. Jeez, oh, he should have done so much better than uh, that. Yeah. As a decent assist, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely was, mate. Yeah, but Hearts right now, I feel like at times they set up far too negatively. I said that at the weekend there in the chat. They set up far too negatively, right? And we're talking, obviously, Ekpiezu, as you were saying. I think there's a player in there. I think he is decent, but he can't play uh, the lone striker role on his own. And I think Hearts need to get a better striker in. And the way Hearts set up does not benefit him whatsoever, you know. So, yeah, yeah I think they need to set up more attack-minded and more positive instead of like setting up the way Levine always wants to set up with five at the back. It, I don't think it works whatsoever for Hearts. 
And no. yeah, and obviously Kyle Lafferty is now a free agent, and you would think Hearts would have took a chance on him again, guy. but Levine has come out and said, I don't want him, he's ruled it out. So that's a big uh, blow for Hearts fans because Hearts fans want Lafferty back, and he would yeah. be a a, a crucial part to that Hearts team because this time round he'll be playing week in week out and obviously at Rangers he never really got uh, he wasn't really playing week in week out so if he goes to Hearts he'll really have a point to prove he'll have a chip on his shoulder to prove Stephen uh, Gerrard wrong you were wrong let me go so I'm surprised at Levine obviously not wanting Kyle Lafferty back yeah, especially like you say, if he's a free agent. I know did Hearts not like sign someone like today or that like on loan? Was it a winger or something like that? Um, I don't know. It's from one of the English clubs. Um, I'll hold on. I'll tell you. I think they signed a winger. Um, I haven't I actually haven't read anything about that. No, but oh, right. I know. Well, no, but obviously signing Jamie Walker. Um, that's a big thing for them. That was a, that was a positive. And obviously uh, getting Naismith back, that is massive. That's like what keeps Hearts yeah. sticking, as we said. And Craig Halkett, I think, to be fair, that is a good signing. From uh, Obviously got him on a free transfer from Livingston and he was superb with Livy last season. So that's a good addition uh, for that for the Hearts yeah. team. So, mm-hmm. no, it is. Yeah, it is. But, and he signed this uh, centre forward called Connor Wa- Washington, who, from recording his stats... And where he's played, he he caught his stats and where he's played previously. No, so much. He's played. I think he's played down. He's no. I think he played. Obviously, he got released from Sheffield United. So he did. Um, But I'm going to tell you actually where he played previously. I'm sure it was no. It was it was QPR. He he basically spent his whole career down south, right? Played with teams like QPR and Peterborough. Actually, well, he done well. He done pretty well there. In fact, uh, in two seasons there, he scored um twenty eight goals. So that that's all right, actually. To be fair, but I'm talking about his stats in the the past couple how, seasons. How old is he? He's twenty seven, but his stats in the, oh, the right, past okay. couple seasons. Are not good reading, but to be fair, his his best stats are obviously at Peterborough. Uh, so uh, yeah, if Hearts could get the like the way he was playing at Peterborough, which from what I'm reading here, he was actually fairly decent. Then who knows? He could be a decent addition. But for me, I you I, you would I would want Kyle Lafferty over this guy Connor Washington all day long. Yeah, obviously Kyle Lafferty is like more experienced as well. Yeah, so, exactly. He's more experienced think- than uh, Lafferty's a proven goal scorer in the SPFL. And from what I'm reading here, um, Washington's quite a pacey player. He's got a bit of pace about him. He's, he, sometimes he can drive uh, at the, yeah. the fence. So, yeah, it's, why, why that's the thing. Yeah, he could be, he right. could be, he, obviously Connor Washington could be in competition for, if Kyle Lafferty came in. But yeah, Hearts still need to do more, I think. They yeah. do. But and but so what do you think, Craig Levine? Do you think he'll be there for the full season? But because it looks like it, unless Hearts have a a horror of a start this campaign. But but by the looks uh, of things, Anne Budge is backing him. Yeah, I mean, what was it like last season? Wasn't it? They were like, were they not in a title race like for up to like November time? But that's when obviously like Naismith got injured. Yeah, that's when he started plummeting, going went right downhill. Yeah, and. Obviously, the absence of Naismith like cost them a lot. Mm-hmm. I know they got to the Scottish Cup final last season, but I mean, I think 
down. I don't think they deserve to win it at all. And I don't think they finished the season that well. Did they not finish like six? Yes, mate, you're right. They finished six, right? But listen to this, right? They finish on a minus goal difference or something. Like um, listen to this, right? They finished six, right? But St Johnston, who finished seventh, got more points than them. They got one more point than them. Yeah, aye, so. <laughs> yeah, it just showed you. It was like first first half of the season, Hearts were good. Second half of the season, they were awful. Aye, so like you, you just ask yourself, are they really going to be any different like this season? Obviously, the only time will tell me, you know. But yeah, I think if, it's too early to kind of. Yeah, it's too early to say, but I'm just not feeling too optimistic about Hearts. If I'm being totally yeah. honest, uh, Levine, I, I just I don't know, mate. I think Hearts needs something fresh, something like maybe like a Robbie Nielsen type manager, someone like I know they tried to be in Cathro that really did not work out, but maybe just a, a young up and coming manager, maybe a return for Robbie Nielsen. I don't know, Michael like, Stewart. <laughs> Michael Strong. Nah. <laughs> Let's say the better man. Oh god. Yeah. I oh, cannot yeah, stand that guy. Because Levine's like a legend for the club, is that why they're probably giving him more time for Levine, him? yeah, because obviously he's a Hearts legend and the fact that he came in he came back to the club in twenty fifteen. No sorry, twenty fourteen. And right. he had this whole project in place where he was director of football when he brought Robbie Nielsen in and had this project in place and don't get me wrong it's worked out it got, it got Hearts back to the Premiership and they, they won the Championship in an absolute canter then when they came back to the Premiership they, they finished third and then obviously Nielsen left to go to MK Dons and then the Cathro project just completely failed and Levine had to sure, jump in uh, uh. and Levine steadied the ship don't get me wrong I don't think he's done a, a horrible job but Hearts I think need to do something new and fresh because it's I don't know, I just feel like Levine long term is not really going to be the answer, especially with the brutal football that Hearts do play, and especially how negative they set up. So yeah. Yeah, we'll move on from Hearts and we'll talk about Aberdeen. Obviously, obviously we are talking about Aberdeen, but I mean, we'll talk about Aberdeen, Aberdeen game tonight. So obviously, yeah. Josh, you didn't get a chance to see the game uh, because uh, obviously you were at work. So Josh, yeah. I was. Uh, I just want to ask you, um, that not, like, we'll just talk about the result. And from what you've heard, the result tonight is not good for Aberdeen whatsoever. Two 0 you lost. I'd, what's how do you pronounce the the club that you're playing against? Is it a wreck here? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, losing two 0 away from, obviously away from home. Obviously, it would have been nice for Aberdeen's point of view to get an away goal, but obviously you couldn't goal. do that. Aye. But from what I've heard, because I've been trying to find highlights and stuff, right? And obviously, I was watching an Angels game, so. I haven't seen any highlights or lights in the game at all. But from what yeah. I've heard, right, from what I've heard of, like, Tony, who was on earlier on, he said that Aberdeen were, they were fine right up until the red card. Like, Aberdeen didn't really do a whole lot, but they were fine. They were on course to leaving with, with a draw, a nil-nil, which would, would have been a great result. Then Shea Logan gave away a stupid penalty and effectively yeah. cost Aberdeen tonight. Yeah. I knew, like, and because I got a notification on my phone when I was at work saying, like, Ricky had scored from a penalty, and I thought, well, you know, I'll take a 1-0 loss, because, I, it's, I mean, I would rather go away with, like you say, a point, but a 1-0 isn't too bad, but I think they scored in, what was it, the 86th minute? Um, or something like that, so I think it was, like, 2-0, oh, oh, yeah, obviously 2 nil. Yes, 2 nil. I'm just uh, going to tell you the score time right now. Oh, pardon me. Um. 
it was at the, the 62 minute, the 62nd minute. The second goal. The, the, no, sorry, the first goal. Oh, sorry, yeah, the first goal, obviously, the 62nd minute, and then the second goal was at the 87th, yeah, the 87th minute. Uh, yeah, so I think, so, as you said, going back to Pitocci with a 1-0 defeat, not the end of the world, still can claw it back, but the second goal, if I'm being honest, mate, I think that's a killer. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, like, I mean... I, th- I think we've got the players to turn it round, but obviously the thing is, if they get a goal, we would need to score four. So it's a hard task. It can be done, but you know, from I still need to see the highlights of the game. And I, d- I think it was more or less. I don't know if it was the main near near enough to na- the same kind of setup we had at the weekend. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be a tough ask, but you never know with these things. Yeah. But we'll what, just what need to wait and see. Do you think we're out? If I'm being honest, mate, like as we were like, as we're just saying, like you just need to wait and see. But the way it's going now, I, I'm not too Probably. confident Aberdeen can do it. I don't genuinely think Aberdeen can do it. I think the second goal was a killer. If I'm being honest, and as you were saying, if they score at early doors against you, that's it. Game done. Like if they get that yeah. away goal, it's finished. But right now, it's not looking too promising. For you to actually do it, but you never know. Football is a strange thing. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, we just need to be on our A game, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to touch on, um, Josh? Before I let you go. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, before you do, um, actually, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Um, obviously, we're playing St Mirren this Sunday. Um, yes. Obviously, away from home. Uh, how do you see it going? Uh, well, hopefully get the win. <laughs> I mean, they obviously just avoided the draw of last season, so I'm kind of confident that we would get the points to there. Is it? It's in Paisley, isn't it? Yes, it's at Paisley. Uh, yeah, I would expect us to win that. And I think is it the week after? It's a cup. The week after, sure. um, you're playing. Well, obviously, right after that, you're playing that Rick, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in Europe, and then after that, it is. Hold on, I'll tell you. Bear with me. Um, obviously, St Mirren, then the European game. Then, yeah, it's uh, the League Cup next weekend. You're playing Dundee. Aye. So, yeah, but like you're saying about St Mirren, I, I, I would be more or less confident. I'd be very annoyed because I hope this European loss hasn't upset like our league confidence, you know? Yeah. And obviously as well, St Mirren have a new manager. They got rid of Oren Kearney and Jim Goodwin's in place. Um, so apparently um, Jim Goodwin uh, has some good ideas for St Mirren. He has like a project he wants to do there and I think he will be given time. So actually that's a decent appointment from St Mirren. And against Hibs they looked fine. There, I think there was plenty of positives to take from that uh, performance, even though they lost, but there was still lots of positives to take. So I still think, mate, honestly... Um, it won't be. I don't think it'll be a cakewalk, but I think Aberdeen will get the job done, and I think it'll be one 0 Aberdeen. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing like nothing like a thrashing, but I would, like you say, like maybe the one or two goals would do me fine. I, I wasn't like expecting like a five goal winner, you know. Yeah, uh, no, exactly, mate. But also, um, you want to bounce back from that defeat. Um, obviously, the pl- like Shay Logan must be feeling absolutely rubbish right now. He'll be absolutely gutted at obviously yeah. what he done tonight, and he'll be the scapegoat. 
he will be the scapegoat and I think quite rightly so because obviously I need to see the penalty but from what I heard it was a shocker of a penalty giveaway it was stupid it was horrendous so I'll need to have a wee look at it and uh, and obviously you will too so yeah is there anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? Um, no are you pleased with the Rangers result? <laughs> um, yes over the moon mate I was talking about earlier on I was over the moon with that I thought uh, first half it was quite slow the tempo was low and then we got the crucial goal right before half time which was fantastic then obviously second half we were phenomenal um, scored, we went out and scored uh, three goals we were 1-3-0 at one point then uh, mini, uh, they, that, uh, what did you say I think it's Minchland or whatever Minchland or whatever it is uh, they uh, scored two goals when we were 1-3-0 and I'm like oh god we're going to bottle this but we got the fourth goal to ease the nerves so yeah, it was it was happy days overall, mate. And uh, I thought Alfredo uh, Morelos was outstanding tonight. Uh, he how was, many goals did he scored? Was it? He scored one, got two assists. The guys who got the goals oh, were uh, Morelos uh, scored two assists. Jordi, uh, sorry, uh, Aribo got the second. Um, the third goal was Katic and the fourth one Arfield. So uh, overall, it was a a good performance and result. Four goals away from home yeah. in Europe. Cannot I complain. Can't, I can't see them turning it round. No. no, and they're a decent side, mate. They're a decent side, not going to lie. They actually are a decent side. Like They were well-organised, well-structured. Uh, they were quite a pain to oh, break right. down. Um, at, at times, they were like, a threat going forward. And it, and I was thinking, oh, God, man, like this is going to be it's gonna <laughs> be a tough ask. But I think getting the goal early on, no, sorry, right, like, right before the first half finished was crucial. And yeah, and obviously I recommend, mate, check out the second goal tonight. It was a great counter-attack from Rangers. Jordan Jones and Aribo were super. Jordan Jones like got the ball and just drive forward, bags a pace, and then he just spotted Joe Aribo, and then Joe Aribo tucked it into the back of the net. It was beautiful, um, so it was. But yeah, top night, um, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> not for Aberdeen fans. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. No, Anyway, but, uh, but uh, to be honest, I mean, it'd, it'd be good for all three Scottish teams to get. Yeah, it would be for the coefficient, yeah. 100%, for Celtic Rangers um, and Aberdeen to obviously make the group stages. But Kilmarnock are the ones that let us down. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was pretty bad. But who was it? They were against the, the Nomads or whatever the name yeah, was. Yeah, some Welsh again. team, mate. I, I honestly couldn't even tell you the Welsh team they were playing against. <laughs> That's, <laughs> but all I know is that the. They, they were in the Challenge Cup last season and they had to beat Edinburgh City on penalties. So what does that tell you? Oh, yeah, no, I, I get it. And, and it's just they finished, what, third last season? So Yeah, they're a, and they're a part-time, they're a part-time side, a part-time side, command lost to horrendous stuff. It really was. It was embarrassing yeah. and it's put pressure on their new manager. Um, so it has, so... But honestly, we're saying earlier on about the, the Rangers killing game. Command had pl- plenty of positives to take from that performance. Like they're well structured, organised. So right. if they can build on that, then who knows? Um, but Command it, it, cannot have a bad start, or else that guy's going to be out the door very soon. Right. Definitely. Was he, but, not like yeah. the, was he not like the assistant manager for? What was it? Yeah, he was Conte. part of uh, Conti's backroom Conte? team. Yeah, he was part of Conti's right. back to backroom team. So. When Command appointed him, you're thinking this guy has a bit of um, pedigree in a right sense, right? I know no real managerial experience, but he's part of part of a world class manager's backroom team, so you're thinking he has something about him. 
And it, yeah, I thought I thought it was a bold appointment. Interesting, still, it was very unknown appointment. Um, but losing to that Welsh team was was just an a horrendous start, the worst start imaginable. Right, if Kamana went out in the second round, then yeah, fair enough. But going out in the first round to a part time team and losing in the manner in which he did was horrendous. It was embarrassing. Embarrassing for Scottish football. Yeah. It gives the people who don't like Scottish football and slagger like the folk down south more ammunition to slagger game. Uh, no, no, it does add more fuel to the fire. But but look, I mean, I think if if even like you know, like obviously it's poor for Kamari to go out. But I think if at least two Scottish teams get into, uh, well, obviously Celtic and say Rangers, which obviously would be great if Aberdeen were to turn it around. But my heart kind of leans no just now. But yeah. it'd be good if Rangers and Celtic get through and. Uh, I, I probably could see Rangers getting through with the way they're playing just now, especially with Alfredo banging in the goals just now. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right, mate. And obviously, we need to um, like I'm confident we can get through, but I think we need to try and avoid. Obviously, we can't. Literally, uh, it's not to us, but it would be very ideal if we can avoid PSV and Wolves. And uh, pardon me if we make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, because if we uh, get them, mate, I'm not going to feel too confident. I know Wolves are a much better team than PSV. I would, PSV would be a tough game, but I think they would narrowly beat us. But Wolves, I think if we get them, it's done, because Wolves are a top side. Yeah, and especially the players they've added over the summer just there, as well as the players they've already got. So Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. But as you said, it would be very ideal for all three Scottish teams to make Europe, because it would be great for the coefficient. That's that's very true. It'd be fantastic for the coefficient, and we really want that second Champions League spot back, because it's, it's been away for a number of years, and it'd be yeah. amazing if we can have it back. Uh, no, it would be like I think it was like because Rangers used to get through quite often, didn't they? Well, it's always been Rangers and Celtic. Usually, I think there was like one season we had it, and I think it was. That that's how long ago it was when we actually got through to the tournament. I think it was like two thousand and eight. So it's been long overdue since we've been in. Oh, two thousand eight. Um, that was when you. I were talking about it at the public weekend. It was when you made the UEFA Cup, and you played Bayern. Uh, well, we got um, we got put out by Bayern. Um, we drew at home at Petardry. That two weeks, um, yeah. But we lost. We got hemmed up. Getting humped at the Allianz Arena like five one, so yeah. but um, we beat teams like Copenhagen like four 0 and we're able to go we're advanced through the group stages, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, but it's obviously it's better than last season. You made more progress than last season, but then again, you came up against Burnley and you drew one each yeah. of them at home. Then the second leg, you took it an extra time, and I think you got beat maybe three one. I think it was. Yeah, it was three one. I mean, that that was like my favorite game from a season as well. Because even though it's like a loss, and I know we went out, and Burnley probably were the better team. It's just because I don't think Burnley were expecting that from a side like us to take them to extra time. Yeah, they definitely underestimated us. Mm-hmm. Even at the end of the game, I think the Burnley fans were clapping, like the Aberdeen fans, which is quite a nice touch to the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And let's be honest. You went toe-to-toe with, at the time, the the sixth-best team in England. It's a fact. They were the sixth-best team in England and you gave them a run for their money. Uh, well, I don't know. Like maybe, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of taking them all the way to the 
extra time, Mark. But yeah, like in the first leg yeah. as well, like obviously drawing with them, then and obviously that unbelievable overhead kick from was it Lewis Ferguson? Aye. Yeah, Lewis Ferguson, that unbelievable overhead kick. Like Lewis Ferguson, mate, I've said it for a long time. We both said it. He is a real player in there, mate. He is a great player. Yeah, and obviously he's going to be a key part of this season. And I think yeah. I think he's will keep him a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't see him going anywhere. He'll only kick on, and he will be crucial. Yeah. he will be. He'll be a crucial uh, part for of that. Some reason, time. For some reason, I think he'll end up like going to Rangers. Though <laughs> that's happened before, but <laughs> maybe down the line, but not right now, mate. Because our midfield yeah. is stacked with quality, mate. We've got a plethora of players like in every position, you know, and it's it's absolutely stacked. Like we've got. Four centre halves, our midfield. God, we've got so many midfielders. We've got we're, we're yeah, linking that suppose, uh, yeah. Brandon ba- uh, Brandon Barker used to play with Hibs. We're meant to be getting him a free. Yeah, we're meant to be getting him in a free. So we'll have four left wingers. We've got well two strikers, but Greg Stewart can play up front as well. So basically free in a sense. And the only position where it's it's feeling kind of like quiet. Yeah, uh, well, it's like left quite back. quiet. Is it not left back? Left back and. Out wide, out I'm um, like outright. Sorry, outright uh, wing, um, because obviously we've only got Ojo that can play yeah. out out in the right, and Hasty can do both, but he's more suited to playing out left. You know, so oh, oh yeah, because I'm from Motherwell, eh? Yeah, so Ojo can play outright. Obviously, that's his position, but we need to get more like players. Maybe, maybe get another right winger in because. Obviously, losing Candace was a, a blow, and the more I think about it, I said earlier on the pod that's a blow, and I'm gutted to see him go because he was a, 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 he was honestly he's a good player, and I think he would have been, he would have played a big part in this season, but he's away now, and obviously didn't want to fight for his place. So, yeah, we need to get another right winger in. Ideally, I would love another left back, but I don't see it happening. I think Gerard's going to give Barisic another chance, which I said in the pod earlier, which baffles me. Because I don't rate Barisic whatsoever. Matt thinks there's a player in there. I don't, really. Like, I, Matt keeps hopping on, yeah, he plays for Croatia and all that. But the Hensel, I'm judging him playing it when he's been playing it wearing a Rangers jersey, and I'm not seeing it. It's fine and dandy for him to play well for Croatia. I want to see him play well for Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I get what you mean. I mean, I think it was like the U's were linked to like Max Lowe, and I thought, well, he obviously. Behaved from Aberdeen fans, but I honestly, like, you would be a good addition to someone like Rangers. So no, I absolutely. Like <laughs> no, like he would. <laughs> yeah, he really would be, mate. He would. I, I even said, I think I said it last season. I'd love to get Max Lowe in because he would do a job. He would do a job, and he'd be, he'd be, be he would instantly be our best left back. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure, mate. But it's been a good podcast, mate. It was great to have you on, Josh, and we'll get you uh, back no worries, on next thanks. week, hundred percent, to obviously recap. The weekend's uh, results and whatnot. What, what was that? Sorry. Scott. Oh yeah, obviously it'd be great to get you back on next week to recap the. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the weekend's results. I think we'll be doing it on a. I think it may be a Tuesday, mate. It will be a Tuesday, Tuesday or a Monday. Either one or two, I'll let you know because I'm going to wait to Zanti on the Wednesday, so we'll need to do it like early during the week. So what day would you preferably like to do it? That would suit you. Um. I'll probably let you know near the time, but as there's now, Tuesday's alright. Yeah, I think Tuesday would be more suited. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Josh, and I'll speak to you soon, my man. I'll speak to you soon, thanks uh, for having no me. No problem, though. mate. I'll speak to you soon, bye-bye. Bye.